0: Welcome to First Importance, the official podcast of the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist Church, West Memphis, Arkansas. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and encouraged today by this message. All right, thank you so much guys. I appreciate you. I don't know about you that it makes me extremely proud to be at First Baptist West Memphis. Thankful for them using their gifts and their talents. Well, you ruined my plan today, team, to preach one message. And uh, last minute, I know people say this doesn't happen. Well, I'm going to answer the Lord for what I do. And so our position where we're going to be preaching from today, where we're going to be learning from today has changed. We were going to be in Philippians chapter 2, but instead I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, and today specifically we will be looking at verse 36. Romans chapter 11 and verse 36. I'm going to turn there in my Bible as well. Romans 11 and verse 36. You may ask me, Josh, what is your point each and every Sunday? What's the one goal or what are the couple of goals that you want to get across each Sunday? And in fact, there's only ever one goal that I have every time that I stand to proclaim the Word of God. And there's only one thing in my mind, only one hope, and that is to point all eyes towards Jesus. Now, it sounds like a very Sunday school type of answer, right? Okay, Josh, whatever. We know that that's obviously your point. But in each and every text that we we read through, we can see the fulfillment of Jesus in that passage. And if I can for one moment avert your eyes from the faulted preacher in front of you or from the faulted people around you, or from your own faulted self and your own faulted situations, if I can avert your attention, but for just a moment, to set your eyes upon Jesus, then you will see what I have seen and what so many other saints who have gone before us have seen, that Christ and Christ alone is worthy of all glory He's worthy of you living your life for him. He's worthy of you sacrificing your own fleshly desires and wants to submit to him. He's worthy of all of those things. If I lose the whole world and I lose everything in the world, but I gain Christ, I have gained everything. And the opposite is true. If I have all of the riches that the world can provide, if I have all of the things that the world wants to lay at my doorstep, but I don't have Jesus, I have nothing. In Romans chapter 11, Paul is really getting to this pinnacle of uh, the, this great theology of the sovereignty of God, Romans 9, 10, and 11 have been the subject of much debate across evangelical Christianity, and we will not delve into that debate today. It doesn't concern us today, rather than for us to say that as Paul ends this, uh, this theology, as he, as he ends uh, this description of the sovereignty of God, he bursts out in song. In verse 33, notice this song of praise that Paul begins in Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given him a gift that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Would you praise me please? Father in heaven, as we come to this text today, I pray that the name of Jesus would be exalted in our presence That our eyes would be cast upon you, would be fixed upon you. I pray that we couldn't take our eyes off of you, but that, Lord, as as we gaze our eyes upon Jesus in this passage, I pray that we would see Jesus as worthy of all honor and glory and praise. And I pray that we would see ourselves as much, much less deserving, infinitely much less deserving. Lord, today would you be present and would you speak through this very weak preacher the power of your gospel. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I've spoken about this subject before, but when we look at Romans uh, chapters 9 through 11, we really see Jesus as the center of all creation, as the spotlight of all of creation. I kind of liken it to The show Mary Tyler Moore. How many of you remember that show Mary Tyler Moore? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Some folks my age probably have no idea what I'm talking about. There's one central character. There's a lot of characters in the show. There's one central character in that show. And every other character in that show, their only reason to exist is to shed more light on the character of, of, well, Mary Tyler Moore. To, to uh, every problem that every other individual character goes through only serves to highlight that main character. And today, what I want you to see is all of creation and all things that are going on, as scripture will tell us, we're only secondary players intended to shed more light. On Jesus intended for us to see the beauty of Jesus when you see someone being a really good friend you know that at some point they're gonna fail but you can know that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother you can admire traits among all of the men and women in this room who've lived godly lives you could admire traits in them that they have exemplified in front of us their wisdom their joy their service, but no one fulfills those roles quite like Jesus. Why? He is the center of all creation. He is the aim of all creation. And in our passage today, Paul gives us in, in verse 36 of chapter 11, he gives us the reason why Christ alone is worthy of all glory and all praise. Number one, if you're taking notes, Christ alone Is worthy of all glory because he is the source of all things he is the source of all things for from him for from him when you think about Jesus you think of the little baby that was placed in the manger you think about the man who walked in the Middle East and in Jerusalem and in Israel the one who walked on water the one who died on the cross and rose again But believers, the Scripture on this matter is abundantly clear. Jesus has always existed. From the beginning of time, Jesus was there. He has always existed and always will exist. He is one with the Father. Before the world was created, Jesus was there. In John John chapter 1, in verses 1 through 3, the Scripture says, "...in the beginning was the Word." And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. When we look at Jesus, we know that he was at the beginning of all things, but why is he worthy of us serving him? He is our creator, He made us. He made us in his image. The scripture here says that without him there was nothing made that was made. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. So you're sitting here today. And you may say, why is Jesus worthy of me serving him? Now, there may be folks here today who are actually asking that question. But a lot of Christians, uh, they're, they're a little too good to just outright say it. Rather, they'll just go on and sin and then ask for forgiveness later. Why is Jesus worthy of you foregoing that part and just going straight to the obedience why is jesus worthy of him being the theme of your life he is your creator he made you he knit you together he loves you he made you he is the creator of all things of all things you know, if you walk out into a beautiful night sky and you look up, if there's no lights around, you look up and you see all of those billions and billions of stars. Are you not amazed? I mean, you you think about all those billions of stars and then there's there's more that you, that you and I can't even see just because of the lights that are around us. If we had a telescope, we could see Uh, uh, I mean, just the recent telescopes that that have been viewing far-off distant galaxies. And I want you to think about this. God spoke it into existence. Like that. It wasn't, he didn't have to go back in his workshop in heaven and really do the math and try to figure out how is this all going to come together. It didn't cause him any sweat. It didn't cause him any toil. Rather, he... Spoke it into existence before he spoke it into existence. There was nothing there was not even nothing and yet God in his power and in his wisdom spoke all things into existence. You look around whatever you see today. It is here as a result of Jesus Christ. Why is he worthy of you serving him? Look at his power, look at all around us. He is the source of all things. Psalm 102 in verse 25 says, of old you founded the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. He is the creator, God. But I want you to notice also that not only is he the creator and he is the source of all things physical, but he's the source of our regeneration. He's the source of our salvation. Do you know that you and I did not seek God on our own? Romans 3 is abundantly clear. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one who does right. No, not one. No one seeks after God. And yet the Bible tells us we love him. Why? Because he loved us first. He come running after us. He came to this earth and lived a perfect life. Now, let me tell you something. That's no small feat, now, is it? Now, we have lived a couple of years, combined all of us together have lived a couple of years, I imagine, and in our lives in just a short period of time, we've managed to accumulate quite the resume of sin. But Jesus, when he came to this earth, not one time, he didn't backtalk his parents not one time. He wasn't, uh, he didn't sin not one time, not one lustful thought, not one word that is greedy, not one word that is gossip. Jesus completely perfect lived a perfect life, died on the cross for you and for me so that he could be the author, the founder, the finisher of our faith. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. Jesus is worthy of all honor and glory because he is the source of all things. You and I are far less worthy, but he is alone worthy. Christ alone is worthy because he is the source of all things. Secondly, I want you to see with me today in our text, for from him and through him, Christ is not only the source of all things, but he is the sustainer of all things. In Colossians chapter 1 in verse 17, the Bible says of Jesus, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Why are you even here today? Well, perhaps it's the law of gravity, right? I mean, the law of gravity keeps us down. Some would say it's the law of gravity that caused all things to happen in the first place. But I tell you why you're here today and why you're able to breathe and function and move is because in him all things hold together. Now, let me give you an illustration. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah is brought before the throne room of a holy God. The angels who are in his presence are equipped with uh, three different pairs of wings, and one of them are designed to cover their eyes. Now they are in the presence of God and in His holiness. The angels, what they cover their faces. Isaiah is in the throne room of God. He's not in there for a moment, and whatever ideas he had of his righteousness before are gone when he says woe is me for i am undone isaiah says i don't know how one particle of my body stays attached to the other oh uh, many many years ago i went to my grandma's house i was a grandma's boy grandma hall in dice arkansas and my mama, my mother's mother, lived in Dice, Arkansas, too. You always wanted to go to mama's house to eat, but grandma's house to stay the night. You catching my drift? My grandmother could not cook very well. I went with my cousin, Richard, and Richard was gonna have to stay a little bit longer than we did, and, uh, and uh, grandma made us some macaroni and cheese. And I don't know what happened, and I don't know what a cook can do to make this happen. But when I scooped up that macaroni and cheese and I put it in my mouth, those noodles went. They dissolved. There was not a trace of solid substance the moment that it touched my mouth. And it made me sick. I mean, I love my grandma and I'm glad she's gonna, she'll let me have some candy afterwards because that macaroni and cheese, I didn't eat another bite. We kind of scooped it off in the trash when she wasn't looking. But I told my grandma when we left, Grandma, you know Richard, our cousin, he loved that macaroni and cheese. You ought to make that for him while we're gone. I called him. I called him a a day or two after we'd gone. He said, She is making macaroni and cheese every day. And it's just dissolving in my mouth. Isaiah says, I don't know how one part of me stays connected to the other. In his presence, the weight of his glory and his holiness, it's like, how can I even stay together? How can we even stay together today? Why, it is Jesus who holds us together. Amen. It is Jesus who holds us close, who holds us together, even those who do not fear him, who do not love him. I remember several years ago, I was watching the comedy special, and a man began, the comedian began to pick on someone in the audience who said they were a Christian, and he began to ridicule them and ridicule them. And just as I was turning it off, I began to think, how dare this man do that? And then I thought, you know, he doesn't even realize it, but at this very moment, as he ridicules the faith, It's Jesus who is holding him together, who's allowing him to even take the next breath. Why is Jesus worthy of you forfeiting your own desires and living for him? Why is he worthy of him being the theme of your life? He's not only the source of all things, he's the sustainer of all things. Hebrews 1 and verse 3, he is the radiance of his glory the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. You know, to see Jesus is to see the Father. Think about that. The eternal, unseeable God made seeable in Jesus, and yet we did not esteem him, but we ridiculed him. We saw him as nothing that was beautiful, the Scripture says, Christ alone is worthy of all glory because he is the sustainer of all things. He's the sustainer of all things on this planet and all of creation. He's the sustainer of all things in our spiritual lives. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 12 through 13. So then, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only is in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God at work in you. Amen. Hey, why is Jesus worthy of you living your life for him? Why is he worthy of you praising him? Every single day when you wake up, why is he worthy of you giving him that moment? And when you go to sleep, why is he worthy of him, you meditating upon him then? Because not only did he save you, he keeps you saved. You can't lose your salvation. If you could lose your salvation, if we could lose it, we'd lose it. I lose things very easily yesterday I went out to uh, uh, move my wife's car and I placed her keys on the hood of my truck I drive up to church this morning I park in my parking spot and I look on the hood of that truck and there are my wife's keys and I think Lord thank you so much for keep them there on my trip over here. Tomorrow Sarah and I will celebrate 14 years of being married. And it's because of God's good grace. Yeah, you clap for that. Clap for that woman. And the host of heaven are applauding that Sarah would be so patient and kind. I mean, if I could lose it, I would lose it. If you could lose it, you would lose it. Why is Jesus worthy of you serving? Not only has he saved you, but he's the one that keeps you saved. He's the sustainer of all things. For from him, that he is, he is the source. For through him, he is the sustainer. Now finally, I want you to see that Christ alone is worthy of all glory because he is the scope of all things. For from him and through him and to him, are all things. I believe it's Adrian Rogers who once said when people ask me, what is this world coming to? He would say, it's coming to Jesus. Amen. It's coming to Jesus. Jesus is not only the source and the sustainer of all things, but he's the scope of all things. He's the reason that we exist. You were created to serve and to love and to worship him. And when you go to fill your life with all these other things, when you go to fill your life with joy outside of him, you find yourself lacking. Why? Because God created you to love and to serve him. Now, if you don't know any better, you might say, oh, that's mighty selfish of him. But God knows that it's only in him that we can find true joy and true passion and true love. Jesus is the scope of all things. Now, I know this because it's throughout the Scripture. Revelation chapter 4, verses 8 through 11, gives us a glimpse into the throne room of heaven. Revelation chapter 4, beginning of verse 8. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever And the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord, and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. You and I were created to serve Jesus, And it's only in submitting to that, it's only in repenting of our sins and clinging to him that we can find true joy and hope in life. I was listening to a preacher this past week talking about the worth of Jesus. Jesus is worth more than all of mankind put together. You take the best that we have to offer. You take all of the creation. You take all of, all of the things that God has created. You put them on one side of the scale. You put Jesus on the other. Paul Washer says, Jesus outweighs them all. Amen. Why? He is the scope of all things. We were created to praise and to worship him. All things, the Bible says, uh, all things are going to work out for for his glory and for our good. Isaiah chapter 46 and verses 9 through 10, the scripture says, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all of my good pleasure. Why is Jesus worthy of you serving him? He is is the scope of all things. You know, one day, one day, every knee will bow in the presence of Jesus. Every knee. The people who say that they will never do it, their knees are going to buckle. And guess what? It'll be a willing thing as well, because on that day, they will recognize Jesus as truly being worthy. It's not just going to be just a forced thing from Scripture. I, I believe it's going to be a, a reality thing. But the difference is today, if you bend the knee now, if you repent of your sins and call upon Jesus as Lord and Savior, now you get to enjoy heaven and an eternity of his fellowship and presence. But if you wait until that day, you're still going to bend the knee, but you're going to spend an eternity away from his presence in a very real and eternally painful place called hell. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know he loves you. God loves you so much, he he didn't even hold back his only son, but sent Jesus to come to this earth to live a perfect life and to die on the cross for you and me. There was no sin upon him, and yet the Bible says, as Jesus hung upon the cross, he bore the weight of your sin and my sin. Amen. He took your sin upon his strong and broad shoulders and there he hung on that cross to the right moment when Jesus gave his life, submitted it unto the Father. It is finished. He said, I have accomplished all that is needed to be accomplished for the salvation of my people, he proclaimed. And in that right moment, he surrendered his life into his father's hands. He died upon that cross for you and for me. He was placed in a borrowed tomb, but my friends, you know, he didn't stay in that borrowed tomb. He rose again from the grave, and if today if today, you'll repent of your sins and call upon him, If today, if today, you see him as worthy, before it's too late, give your life to him. It's simple. Lord, I'm sorry that I've sinned against you, a holy God. Thank you for sending Jesus to come to this earth and live a perfect life for me. Thank you for his death for my sins and his resurrection, which would provide me life. And I want to give my life to you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, come and speak to me and another counselor here in these next few moments in this time of invitation and response. But I know there are believers here today who they would say, that song that we sang earlier, it sounded good, but Jesus is not the theme of my life. Remember, my friends, Jesus is the source of all things. Remember, my friends, Jesus is the sustainer of all things. And you remember, you remember is the scope of all things. Thank you for listening to First Importance. It is our prayer that you have been blessed by this podcast. We welcome you to join us in person for worship at First Baptist West Memphis on Sundays at 1045 a.m. where our desire is to love God, care for one another, and share the gospel.